Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 34. I, I, like the, uh, I, I like the addition of like the ladettes to the intro. I think we, yeah, way, it's, it's a diverse, it's a diverse podcast. We got to, uh, yeah, like you got to, like, of course, of course. Yeah, sorry, you were but, saying as, something about 34. I, yeah, 34 is a very special number for the AM 34. <laughs> hey, well, AM 34, number one, and number two, 34 believe it or not, is how many countries Lads and Launchers is now listened to in. Worldwide, baby. Worldwide. We're going global with this. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> wide, wide, wide. <laughs> that... But yeah, man, 34 countries. I'm going to list off maybe all 34, maybe not. I don't know. United States, Netherlands, the UK, New Zealand, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Israel, Portugal, Australia, Sweden, France, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Russian Federation, Finland, Vietnam, Cayman Islands, Spain, Kenya, three plays in the Philippines, United Arab Emirates, Thailand, Belgium, Hong Kong, Greece, India, Pakistan, Czech Republic, Indonesia, Austria, South Africa, Kazakhstan, Turkey. I think that's 34. But we're in Kazakhstan, wow. Philly. <laughs> wow. I imagine when we started <laughs> that we'd be some man or woman in Kazakhstan is sitting down listening to our podcast. Some podcast that started in Ryan's 1970s basement that ended From up getting to Kazakhstan. <laughs> <laughs> what a That's journey. Insane. What a journey. You know, it's like the, uh, like that clip from the Owen Wilson movie. Uh, what is it? With wow. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. There's a lot of those, man. The internship. internship? The internship. Oh, okay, when you're okay, sitting okay. there in the interview, they're talking about like the two tiny men in the blender. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got two nickel. <laughs> you know, I'm us here. I'm you top of my mind. Here. I'm thinking sunglass repair. <laughs> think of all the things think of all the possibilities you can put us yeah. in those little tiny submarines <laughs> <laughs> what but yeah what? 34 countries just had to get it out there right off the bat had to start off hot um yeah. and yeah that's all like that's that's all i gotta say about that we're big we're world we're worldwide i can't say that like i keep stumbling on it world we're worldwide there you go got it yeah we're worldwide worldwide perfect nice so Last episode, we yeah. discussed that like the only acceptable time to wear gloves in the gym is if you were a hand model. Correct. And we're like, well, like that's never going to happen. Like, when are you ever going to meet someone? But believe it or not, I had a person shout out my buddy from school, Cole Hayward, and he reaches out to me after uh, after the episode after he listened to it, and he goes, "Dude, I was a hand model, and I had my mind blown." Yeah. Like, well, like, what are the odds? <laughs> Yeah, and then, I'm like, you know what is even funnier after that? Like, you text me, you're like, yo, guess what? Somebody told me they're a hand model. And then I'm not going to say this person's name because I'm not entirely sure if they wanted this out there or not. But one of my friends at school uh, auditioned to be the hands of Sonic the Hedgehog. I feel like, like that's the, the only people we know. It turns out, like, we didn't think we knew anyone. All of our friends are hand models. Least, <laughs> yeah. Like, every single person we ever knew. What are the odds? Apparently, yeah. very good. Apparently, yeah, yeah, honestly, like that's, that's pretty impressive, man. I, I didn't think hand models were as common as, as they are. So shout out Cole Hayward, shout out your friend. Yeah. Uh, hand pretty models are, are, yeah, they're on the resurgence. They're, they're, they're the coming, only coming people that are acceptable to wear gloves in the gym. That's it. So go for it. Go yeah, for it. Go for it. Uh, so also I think like staying on this trend here, I think we're going to, at the beginning of each episode, do like a tiny little recap of kind of like things that happen happened at the in the last episode and things that we've realized since then so uh one of the other things we talked about tans and the worst tan lines i want to give a shout out to chris gallagher 
Chris Gallagher has been a day one listener of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, uh, huge. huge supporter. And he tweeted at me actually and said that the sandal tan is one of the worst ones. And I can, we completely forgot about it. We never talked about the sandal tan. And the sandal yeah. tan is honestly really bad. It's worse in specific situations, like mostly on vacation mm-hmm. because you go to the pool or you're walking around wherever you're doing and then you've got your flip-flops on, you got your sandals on and then you go to the pool later and you're just like, why do I have a white line across my feet? Why yeah. is there just a definitive white line across my foot? My, my question to you, Philly, is what, what kind of sandals are we talking? Are we talking like the Tevas, like the dad sandals with the like 40 straps or are we talking the thong sandals because like i i think i think all are bad because like for me mostly i wear the nike flip-flops no oh yeah the one the one single band the thick band. but yeah like that thick band that goes across i never really wore actually when i was younger i used to wear the thong ones i guess (laughs) yeah i I think they're coming back in my opinion i think thong flops are coming they just cut up your toes though that's the thing yeah they just like when i was toes when I was younger, my dad bought me like a nice pair of Tevas. I was like, really, the ones with the heel strap and like, yeah, the, like yeah. and like I didn't like them. I'm like, man, these are kind yeah. of ugly, like whatever. But yeah, I, I don't felt, like. Those. I felt obligated to wear them on vacation. <laughs> like I'm like, I have to. Yeah, no, and of those ones, I just. But the the one thing I got to say about uh, about sandal tans is that like the good news is like it's not that off, like not that common. Where it's like a it's like a personal burden you got to live with because you see your feet, but like you're it's not often you're out in public bare in bare feet. Fair, you know. So fair. I think you can hide you can hide that one relatively well. Yeah, fair. So enough. I still gotta say that gloved hands are the worst, but yeah, sandal tans are are food for that's something to consider for sure. Yeah. So thanks, Chris Gallagher, for reminding us of that one. Appreciate it. Um. Okay, so that's like our little recap from last yeah. week. I wanted to get into this. How common is it that there's a sugar mama? You know what? Not very common. I, I don't think they're as common as sugar daddies. Like, I wouldn't know, but I do have a story. <laughs> we have a friend of the show, a friend of mine, I should say, just like text me out of the blue one day. I get back from school and he texts me out of the blue. And obviously I asked him if it was okay. I'm like, not going to name any names. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm like, is it cool if I share this story? Because that's insane. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So a strange woman slides into his DMs. And he's like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? So he, he opens it, reads the message, and it's a 34-year-old woman <laughs> asking him to be like her sugar baby. Right. So my, my buddy, like, he's like thinking about it. And she goes, oh, I'll pay you $200 a day to talk to me. And you have to call me mommy and like a bunch <laughs> of weird stuff. Like weird yeah. stuff. So like, I'm like, no, you, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. He's like, well, of course I did. It's 200 bucks a day. <laughs> so he's currently living the dream, yeah. just chatting up some like single, I can only assume single. I don't know. Maybe she's in a, who knows how they roll, but she's, she's paying him $200 a day to talk, talk. And he's been paid twice. He's been, he's made 400 bucks. I did the math, mental math. Beep, boop, boop. It was 73 grand a year. If he talks to this woman every day. Are you kidding me? That's more than the average salary in Canada. <laughs> untaxed. Oh, oh no. Untaxed. This guy's, this guy's cheating the system. I, know. I get up six days a week at 5.45, 6 a.m. I work 10 to 12 hour days. Got calluses and blisters all over my hands. I'm 
sweating all day long and yeah. this guy this is just, absolutely blowing me out of the water working working the phones <laughs> like kyle dubas just <laughs> hey mommy good morning like what is he and apparently it's nothing weird nothing just weird about casual it's, it's not like it's just yeah just friendly conversation nice and nice. then but he buddy the only exception is he has to call her mommy like but other than that completely normal conversation which is whack but this guy <laughs> also this guy also has a significant other and she's cool with it really she's like you're making money like that's sharing like, the proceeds yeah i guess but like wild. i got a question for all the lad outs the ladettes i got a question for all the ladettes out there would you be yeah. cool with your significant other having a sugar mama that's a that's a question for for the ladies yeah let us know now let us know like, please that is just that blows my mind you never told me that part that he has oh, I, I, <laughs> I had to leave something for the pod yeah, Oh my god! <laughs> I had to leave something for the pod, man. I, what I, is? I, what do you say to this person? You're like, hey, uh, like with your partner. You're like, hey, uh, some lady messaged me on Instagram. Does he tell her after the fact? He's like, already doing this, or you've got to, you've got to tell them right away. You can assume, like, <laughs> she, and she gave the thumbs up. The like, thumbs yeah, up was given. This is pre-approved. It was nice. pre-approved. Nice. So this guy is just raking in <laughs> cash, and yes. just for talking. Yes. Nice. Like I gotta step up my Instagram game or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy crap. Yeah. We seriously like. You know what we need? We need a professional photographer to take our photos for us. I think. I think do. that's what it is. And, and you know better. what? <laughs> I think we might know somebody that might might possibly be able to take some pictures like that. You know, you know what Instagram. you're talking about, McGee? <laughs> I do. You We're have any idea? About the episode 34 guest of honor, Keishan Mestri. So the lads are super thrilled to have photographer Keishan Mestri joining us today. Uh, some of you may not be familiar with him, but you are definitely familiar with his work. From the Kawhi buzzer beater against Philly in Game 7, to shooting artists like Drake, Khalid, Rich the Kid, man, the list goes on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you? We're doing well, thanks. How are you? You know, just uh, trying to survive in this quarantine, uh, trying to get a little routine for myself together, uh, just going day by day with stuff so I don't get bored at home. Sure. Uh, but what about you guys? How, how, how have you guys kind of dealt with quarantine so far? Uh, well, I, uh, I just graduated university. I just finished my fourth year at Western. So uh, once uh, the lockdown and stuff happened, I finished my classes out online in London, and then I moved home probably about three weeks ago. And uh, I was got a job landscaping and stuff. So I was actually able to start that two weeks ago. So like I haven't been sitting at home going too stir crazy, which is kind of lucky. But yeah, I've been yeah. keeping busy. So I, unfortunately for me, I can't say the same. I've just been playing a lot of video games. I mean, this podcast has definitely helped. But uh, man, super excited to have you on. Excited to be here, guys. Uh, excited <laughs> to talk to talk sports. I haven't really done that much at home, but here we are. So uh, we wanted to just ask you like right away to tell us about a little bit about your journey in sports photography or your journey in photography in general. You went to Ryerson in the, uh, the sports media program and uh, you started out in concert photography, actually. So would you be able to take us through that just from the process of going to Ryerson and picking sports media as what you wanted to, what you wanted to be into and then yeah. getting into sports uh, concert photography first off as your profession? Mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of interesting because uh, for me, 
uh, throughout high school, I wasn't into photography at all. Like I didn't take pictures. I had no passion in it at all. Um, it was mainly just graphic design. And I had a YouTube channel on the side under mystery hockey, where I reviewed hockey equipment and, uh, did edits like mixtapes of like hockey goalies. Cause I was a goalie myself, uh, growing up in high school. And so sports and media have always been my passion and go looking at university programs, uh, applying for schools and such, I saw Ryerson uh, open up their, their this first ever program, the sport media program. And I thought, hey, like this is a perfect kind of opportunity for me to kind of uh, gain some uh, industry experience. And like growing up as a little kid, I, I was always fascinated by uh, like sports commentators. And I thought like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a sports commentator when I grow up. Uh, but then over the years in high school and stuff, I learned that like, oh, behind the scenes stuff is pretty cool, like filming stuff or uh, taking video and stuff like that uh, was cool. So applied for sport media, got in, which was great. And then the summer leading up to university, um, I, I'm from Brampton. And so I had a few friends and we used to go to like local concerts and stuff. And one was a concert photographer. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like he gets to go in, shoot uh, these cool bands and artists. And he gets to go in for free uh, because he gets to take photos and he gets a media pass in, in exchange uh, to take these photos. So I thought I clued into my mind and was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Like maybe I can do it too because uh, I always had a camera uh, lying around in my house. My dad grew up uh, like a, as photography as his hobby. So there was always a camera kind of lying around in my house. And so I, I took the camera one day to a local concert and uh, started with video and then when those friends kind of started a blog where we used to interview bands and do photo and video of the, the, the artist performance and stuff like that and then after a year or so of that I was like hey like I'm here already uh, with a media pass why don't I start taking photos and that was in 2015 when I kind of started uh, taking photos of the bands that I was there to kind of take video up but started taking photos. Right. That's, that's crazy to me. Like the thing has, like seeing as you had only started taking pictures five years ago, really. I mean, I know a lot of people who try to be photographers, pick up a camera, but aren't, aren't very talented. Like, did you notice that you had a knack for it right away or was it something that you would practice? Um, not really. I like, I, like what's crazy about concerts is it's first of all, it's a, like a very hard thing uh, to get into because like with, with certain cameras, you need a, a certain camera to kind of shoot in lower light or uh, depending on which venues you're shooting at, if you're shooting in a crappy kind of local venue with like bad lighting, your photos aren't going to really turn out. So it definitely helps having a, a better camera and a better lighting situations too. And then uh, what was great about the shows I was shooting was there was uh, like good stage production. I was shooting shows in, in Toronto, like at the Mod Club or uh, the Phoenix Concert Theater, the Opera House, and there was some great lighting. So I got pretty good results right off the bat. And so I turned my Instagram into like a photography page and uh, started to build a following and uh, kind of went from there with, with music photography, shot, shot a couple of festivals. And the cool thing was um, in my first year of photography, uh, Drake and Future performed at Ryerson uh, uh, during the uh, during a frosh concert and what was cool was i ended up getting a media pass uh my roommate at the time he he worked for for the ryerson rams um athletics as a as a photographer for them so i like i just asked him like hey like 
do you know anyone that can get me a media pass for this frosh concert and he's like yeah no no problem got a wristband for that and ended up shooting drake and future uh within like six months of even starting photography so <laughs> that's unreal yeah my passion stuff is in uh photography and videography and what i'm trying to do actually is uh get into sports videography what i really want to do is be one like one of the guys who films open gym or the blueprint uh like that's my goal that's where i want to be um so that being said i was just wondering how did you end up getting into the sports then from the concerts like what was your what was your path from the sport uh the concerts to there yeah so like i mentioned uh, graphic design was always my big thing um in high school and even in university before i even uh took photography very seriously it was always graphic design so in in in, in my program we were, we were media media broadcasting kind of centered kind of program so a lot of the times we would uh, make, have shows or half an hour docs and stuff like that and i would always be the person to kind of uh be tasked with making graphics for these shows or um just providing the visual aesthetics for that kind of stuff so throughout university i kind of kept that up and, and um so I would do it for school and kind of just do designs uh, for fun, post them on Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And uh, what was cool was um, during the Jays kind of playoff run uh, in the second year, not the not the bat, bat flip year, but the year after when they they, they played in the wild card game. And uh, I was up watching the game with my roommate and uh, the game went pretty late, extra innings, I believe. And they were playing the Orioles, right? And so Edwin hit hit the walk-off home run everyone's going crazy and i thought in that moment it would be really cool to kind of uh make a quick little edit um a little graphic edit uh in photoshop so a photo got posted uh maybe minutes later um on one of the the accounts and then kind of went into photoshop did a quick little edit posted it to twitter maybe 20 minutes or half an hour after uh the moment actually happened so it's still fresh in people's mind and uh, I tagged Sportsnet, TSN, Bar Down, all those kind of things. And then uh, I checked my phone and like, it's blowing up. Bar Down retweeted the photo. And then I was like, oh, going crazy. And they featured it in one of their articles and then followed by uh, their managing editor followed me on Twitter. And then he sent me a message saying like, hey, like, see, because in my bio I've written uh, sport media ryerson student and so he's like see you're a student at ryerson uh saw the work that you did love that uh let's see if we can kind of uh go from here with something so started off with uh me kind of being a freelancer for them at the time like tsn's instagram page they didn't have their own kind of social designer right and so i was kind of the first so what i would do is i would be in class just sending stuff in like graphics whether it be stats graphics or quote graphics, just sending stuff in. And then after a while, they're like, okay, like this guy's like putting in some work, let's bring him in for a meeting. So uh, that turned into an internship. Six months goes by. So this is when I was in third year. So games are going on. So I thought, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to kind of uh, prove myself and prove my worth, work ethic. And I would just kept turning these over. And then after the six months was up, um, it kind of turned into a, a position that didn't really exist in the, the social media team before. So that was my in into like the sports media world of things. Like previously, right. I had worked for Field Hockey Canada during the Pan Am Games, kind of doing similar things like taking photo, taking video, uh, interviewing people, writing game recaps, uh, graphics and all that kind of multimedia stuff. But uh, TSN was kind of my first step into the, like, the real sport media industry. 
And what was great about that was uh, we were in the social team. So we got sent to different sporting events like TFC games or covering the Raptors, uh, Jurassic Park Square. So like my first year working there, I was, it was uh, 20, 20, like 20, end of 2016, going into 2017, Raptors in the playoffs, they get swept by the Cavs, I believe. I think so. Yeah, they, they got swept by the Cavs that year. And so I was up there in the square uh, covering Jurassic Park. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I even posted on my Instagram, like, I'm out here in the square. Like, it would be awesome to be inside. But I'm here in the square. It's pretty awesome kind of covering uh, an event for, for, for TSN, right? You grow up watching SportsCenter in the morning, uh, Jay and Dan in the morning, like crazy, right? So just surreal. And I was still in school at the time. So I was kind of processing everything. and then. Heading into the end of 2017, uh, my boss was like, hey, we're going to get you a media pass for the Raptors this year. Uh, we know you take photos and stuff. Um, because that was my thing, like get, getting sent to these events. Like I would bring my camera along because you know how like people take phone video at events, like behind the scenes and all that stuff. So that was still part of my task, but I would also have my camera with me so I can take some nice quality photos right. because that really didn't exist at TSN before. So added that to my kind of list of uh, like attributes for the team. And then that kind of uh, transitioned into me kind of shooting my first TFC game, which is my first kind of professional sports game that I've ever shot. And then led into the rest of that summer covering events. And then uh, when September and October came around, uh, starting to shoot the Raptors. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh so one of the things that like you had mentioned earlier is you got to shoot the Drake and uh, future, I believe the concert. And then, uh, I've seen some of the things on your Instagram. I've seen some of the pictures you've had of, uh, different celebrities and stuff. And then one thing actually that stood out was you had a picture of Murda beats using your camera, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to know what kind of like, uh, relationships have you been able to build with some of these guys from this? Because, Drake posts your pictures. Gucci Mane has posted one of, uh, like, I think it was one of your pictures of the yeah. series from last year he put yeah. up. Like, have you been able to build relationships with these guys? Like, Drake follows you on Instagram, and he only follows about, like, 2,000 people. Yeah. Um, here and there, yeah. Like, obviously, me and Drake don't have any relationship. Like, it was, it was cool that he posted a couple of my photos over the years kind of thing. Right. Um, and that, that he follows me, which is kind of a cool kind of thing. So maybe I can get to work with him in the future, but having a, a camera in these kind of social situations or sporting events kind of helps because always like people always like are intrigued by cameras, especially with like a longer lens. So like, Oh, like what is, that's what happened with Murda beats. Like yeah. I was, I was shooting in that section and Murda's like, Hey, like, let me take a few photos. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell Murda beats. No. So <laughs> yeah. like, take my camera like it was the end of like game five like Kawhi was going nuts uh it was a big time uh, part of the game but i was like hey like take the camera take take a few photos and then i have my uh disposable camera with me which yeah. i was able to get a a picture of Murda taking some shots and uh his manager was there with him taking a phone video of him that was thrown up on his story so it all kind of came together and kind of created a little event in itself of Murda beats kind of taking my camera but um, just having like a camera in these situations, people are always intrigued by uh, photography. And I, I don't think like I've reached a point where uh, people like some people have recognized me in 
in the at the games, uh, just walking through the stands at, right. at the Scotiabank Arena and stuff like that. But it's kind of cool to see, like, hey, like this guy's taking photos. Let me, like, I want to gravitate towards him because he's probably doing something cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty meteoric rise to in terms of your career there's not many people i don't think that can say there's been um i don't know that quick of a progression in terms of their career i've seen interviews of you on breakfast television cp24 did that ever cross your mind when getting your certain photography picking up the camera for the first time in no. university <laughs> it, what's crazy is like i like even during school like i was in broadcasting school right so uh, most of the people wanted to be on-air talent and hosts for, for, for like sports highlight shows or uh, commentators and stuff like that. And I was, I was always the person to kind of shy away from that kind of stuff and be behind the scenes and not really put any interest into being uh, talking and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the last year and a bit has kind of showcased that me that like, hey, you're kind of forced into these situations and uh, because of your your kind of photo work that people kind of resonate with, tell stories, um, you're going to be placed in situations where you have to you're going to have to talk about it, right? So if you ask me in first year, like first of all, you're going to be a photographer. Like I, I at the time, I didn't even take photos, right? <laughs> and and to be kind of involved with uh, the Raptors championship run and being interviewed about certain pictures that I've taken, like I I couldn't even tell you that that's gonna happen like it's crazy how like like social media is such a cool thing and it's done so many cool things for my career and my biggest piece of advice for everyone is just share your work like keep sharing it like someone will see it one day and this like if you look at me this is a good example of like okay. why you should share your work yeah. because you never know who's gonna come across it um who's gonna resonate with it and it could lead to like a life-changing opportunity which happened happened to me yeah all your uh, broadcasting uh, classmates just punching the air right now seeing you uh, <laughs> on live TV. Yeah. <laughs> like you talked about your involvement with the Raptors during their playoff run and stuff. Obviously, we want to talk about some of the pictures that you took, like the iconic Kawhi photo and stuff like that. But I kind of want to ask you just, you're obviously a huge sports fan and whatnot. What was it like getting to be in the building and following them through that? Like you, uh, I followed the Raptors. I followed them for a while and watching their progression of always going to the playoffs and then losing to LeBron and going like over and over and over again. It was kind of that feeling of, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. I don't know if they're going to get over the wall. And then finally they bring in Kawhi and it was still that it's all or nothing kind of feeling. And yeah. then that feeling of when they actually got to win and watching the games on the TV and even feeling the environment coming through the screen was insane. What was it like getting to be there and be right alongside it all the way? Yeah, like, uh, for me, like, throughout that playoff run, my goal was to always to get to capture those bigger moments during the game. So I would be locked in throughout the games. And I, I didn't really process what was actually going on in the game. So like, this past couple of weeks, like Sportsnet and TSN were re airing the game. So I actually got to watch them properly. But when I was there working, I was locked in zoned in, like I wanted to get those like, good shots because I knew that they would do well on social media and it kind of helped because uh, I was working at Yahoo at the time kind of build up their brand and I, I don't want to like give myself too much props but I think I did a good job at kind of <laughs> yeah. I think you deserve it yeah <laughs> yeah I agree I, I think I did an all right job at kind of elevate like shout out to like William Wu and Alex Wong as well I think the three of us did a really good job at kind of uh, putting Yahoo Sports Canada on the map and 
it all came together throughout that playoff run. Like we were getting the best tweets off, the best photos off, best analysis off, like all of that kind of uh, culminated into one. So that, that was just my part of kind of uh, offering to the team and like saying like, hey, like we're doing some really good work here. Let's put it, let's put it out on social and like get some recognition. And we would go to the arena and like people from Sportsnet and TSN would come up to us and be like, Hey, like Yahoo sports is doing a pretty good job. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that in Canada that TSN and Sportsnet would get some competition. But I think during the playoffs, we did a pretty good job, if not the best job out of all three. (laughs) I would agree. I would agree as well. Social content. So I think, I think we did a really good job. So my, being being in that environment and being like I got the uh, pleasure of kind of traveling to Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and finally in uh, Oakland uh, for the finals, and it, it was just really cool to be uh, a part of that moment. And now, kind of seeing the memories uh, pop back up on my Instagrams uh, a year later, you kind of process it now. Like, okay, you were there. It was really cool that you were there. But w- when you're in the moment, you're just like day by day. You you're you're just because you're a fan as well, right? So you, you, you want the team to perform well. And so, but like once the game starts, you, you're on your game, uh, taking photos and stuff, and you, it's hard to process in the moment. But uh, one, once it's all over and stuff, you're like, wow, the, the Raptors really won the championship. Like during like yeah. the Kevin Durant Warriors era, era, like Steph Curry, LeBron James, like the Raptors met, like somehow pulled out a victory out of all of like all of yeah. those that that's that's insane that's actually so wild i mean like your photos are, are a part of history I, I guess whether you like it or not like they're always going to be associated with this run and before you got on philly and i were talking and uh we were talking about the fred van v- uh van vliet photo of him flexing mm-hmm. and, and screaming and uh philly told me he's like oh, yeah i saw some guy get that tattooed on his body yeah what's that like just your work is on some strange man for the remainder of your days that's great like even for fred like to have someone tattoo their face on to their body is is crazy as it is but um even though it's still fresh in everyone's mind only a year or less than a year after it that that photo and that moment will kind of live on throughout history hopefully especially in canada at least and hopefully fred goes on to have a pretty good career whether it's with the Raptors or if he signs with another team in the offseason but um, it's kind of cool to kind of have that angle and I believe I was the only one to get that photo uh, face on like there's a few photos of his side profile yelling but I think like my photo was the one he posted after too so that one got the most love out of out of all of them and like I, I even was able to give Fred that photo too. Like I, I printed it out large and was able to kind of give give to him to kind of hang up for his place. So that's that's my biggest thing. Like having the players kind of appreciate the work that I do. Like they're on the the court, kind of uh, doing their showing their all and kind of putting all that all, all their hard work. I want to kind of re- reciprocate that with my photography. And if a player likes my photos or shares the photo on their Instagram, that means even more. Like I did my job at the end of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. That photo is so cool. Honestly, the face on photo of him screaming like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, so many of your photos have been like my screen backgrounds and phone <laughs> backgrounds and stuff. Like I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm a huge fan of your photos and not, whatnot. Thank you. Man. <laughs> um, the one, there's one picture I wanted to ask you about, and it's actually really even cool, more cool to me now is that I know you were a hockey fan originally and you played mm-hmm. hockey. 
Um, there's a photo you took of Austin Matthews and it's a combination of your photography and your graphic design work. Mm -hmm. He scored against Vegas and it's the yep. patented Matthews toe drag short side goal. And he turns and does the celebration. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, you have the picture and going across the screen, it's the different, uh, it's him like moving across yeah, yeah, frame yeah. by frame doing the celebration. Um, I just brought that photo up because I really, really liked it. It was my Twitter header for a bit. But uh, what's it like being able to work with the Leafs and stuff? And what's the difference, would you say, shooting hockey to basketball? Yeah, um, shooting hockey is a lot harder. Um, there's a glass in the way. So uh, certain angles you just can't take photos from because there's the glass and then there's the net. So where I would shoot from in basketball was kind of in the corner. Yeah. Um, in hockey, you can't really shoot from there unless you're shooting way across from the other other side of the the arena. So, uh, hockey and like dealing with PR and certain like hierarchy of who gets to uh, take photos where, that was a little difficult with the Leafs kind of shooting uh, in Scotiabank this year. But uh, it was really cool to shoot hockey. Like I grew up a hockey fan. Like that was my first kind of sports love. Like started watching hockey in grade four, grade five, and started playing in grade six. Um, and just to shoot the Leafs was like really cool. Like I, I grew up watching the Leafs um, and just to be in the arena and kind of the season was going pretty well and some bumps in the road here and there, but I, I, they're, they're a really good team and this is the best Leafs team we've seen in a really long time. So, um, and to, to have a player like Austin Matthews on the ice was, was a treat and, what was cool is on opening night, um, Matthews posted a couple of my photos um, yeah. of his goal celebration, which was really cool. And even that, even that sequence, the last photo in it, um, Matthews had it as his Instagram profile picture for for, for a while, or his Twitter yeah. profile picture for a while. So that was really cool. And like to for me to kind of uh, use my my photography experience, my graphic design experience as well in the hockey space where it's kind of generic and traditional in terms of uh, the media coming out of it. Like shout out to the Leafs because they have a really good photographer and Mark, Mark Blinch who, who's taken many iconic photos in the last year. Like the, the Kawhi photo of the crouch and the ball going in the net was the, the sports photo of the year, which was amazing. And that he's the Leafs team photographer too. So um, just being in the arena and kind of shooting, shooting hockey in the Leafs, it's definitely a lot different than basketball, a lot quicker pace. Uh, the puck is small and just like, just deciding what to shoot because, um, in basketball, everything's revolved around the ball, but maybe in hockey, you want to get photos of people getting hit or a goalie making a save or if a player takes a shot, like what do you focus on just a player or the puck going into the net? Like there's a lot of different kind of things to account for. So uh, over a while you kind of get used to like what photos you want out of the game and what photos will kind of perform the best. Cause I was shooting for social media. Right. Um, but yeah, shooting hockey and basketball and even, even baseball now, uh, now working with the MLP is, it's all three sports are very different and, difficult and in its own to kind of shoot i was gonna say so does does one photo stand out to you as being kind of like the culmination like the fruit of your efforts does do you have a favorite photo or is it kind of just do you just appreciate yeah. it the moment happens i i have a few favorite photos so um obviously the quiet game seven shot is one just because of the circumstances of all of it 
Yeah. Uh, the Fred one as well, because he, he shared it to his page and it, it was a big moment and probably like the biggest moment, moment of his career for sure. And that might be the biggest moment, like in, in total, like when, when he retires like that, that, that was his defining moment to, so to kind of being involved with that was pretty cool. Um, there's a, there's a portrait of Drake I took. Um, so a little story behind that, uh, cabbie interviewed Drake at the opening of pick six, which is Drake's restaurant or whatever. I'm not too sure if it's running still where it got changed into like a sports bar now or something like that. But, um, so yeah, like we were there on media night. Uh, so Drake and all media was there and like people that are associated with him, I guess were there kind of uh there to just take pictures with him i guess so but cabby interviewed him and so got pictures of cabby and drake during the interview and then i didn't get any solo pictures of drake which kind of made me sad so interview was over like i i i, I attempted to get a photo of drake by himself but i, I got a couple with him and cabby and uh my boss too because because he was uh, Dr- uh not drake cabby's producer too um, before he left for the States. Um, but yeah, I put my camera away. I was ready to go home. And then I see, I see Drake sitting in the corner. He was around some TSN people that I've worked with. So I was like, Hey, like, I'm just going to go over there and kind of shoot my shot and see if he's down for a quick kind of portrait candid of himself. So put my flash on the camera, like didn't test out any of the settings, just, just going for it. So go over to the corner. And if you're, if you, if you know, like Drake's, uh, circle, like there's Chubbs, which is like his friend slash bodyguard, I think, yeah, or whatever, whatever he is or does with Drake. So he was there. He's like, he stops me and say, Hey, like, who, who are you? Right. And I was like, Hey, I'm with TSN. I just wanted to get a quick picture of Drake. He's like, okay, one photo. And Drake, Drake didn't say anything. Um, Chubb just say, just take it one step back kind of thing. So Drake nodded, blah, blah, I nodded, whatever took two photos and that was it like check the camera i was like i was out of there after that and then uh check check the review screen i was like all perfect uh in focus chris chris i was so happy after that so that that's one of my one of my favorite photos as well just because of the kind of uh backstory and like just just shooting your shot in the moment if he if he said no that's still a story in itself too right so yeah that's really cool so one of the things I want to ask you, you got, you're getting into more, uh, you're working with the MLB now, unfortunately with, uh, what's going on in the world, it's kind of putting that off, but you still have had some opportunity to do graphic design work. And I believe you've shot some photos with the blue Jays. Uh, was that in spring training? I believe. I, yeah. So, um, and Vladdy and stuff. What's it like getting to work with them and working with the blue Jays? Yeah. So, um, after I got laid off with Yahoo, um, that day was pretty much like I got the ball rolling with the MLB. Like someone, one of my kind of uh, friends that works for the Blue Jays says like, Hey, like um, there's this person that works with the MLB. She works with the live content creator team and Toronto is looking for like a content creator for the season. So it's like, he was like, Hey, like here, here's her Twitter to send her a message with their uh, resume and then kind of go from there. And like at the end of December, it's kind of harder to kind of look for a job. Like everyone's going to go on vacation for, Christmas break and the New Year's and then no one really starts working again till like the first week of January. So it was a little awkward time to get laid off, but um, 
sent in my my info, sent her an email with my resume, and kind of all that kind of stuff. And before the year was over, it had a little email back and forth with a little informal kind of interview questions and all that. And then in the new year, it kind of had a couple interviews um, with with her team as well as the Blue Jays team, and found out and at the end of January or beginning of February that like I got the position I was amazing and then right after that getting inputted in the system and being like hey like uh, are you free to go down to spring training for a couple of weeks and I was like I'm not doing anything so <laughs> I'm getting out of this Toronto kind of cold weather and I believe the day I left there was like a snowstorm in Toronto so I was like <laughs> I left I left the house at like four in the morning and I was like I'm so glad I'm miss, I'm missing this for two weeks. So uh, went on down to Florida. Um, first time doing the job. Um, first time actually working for a team or a league because before TSN, Yahoo, we're just a media company, right? So right. different priorities. And like then I wasn't like a photographer. I was just there taking photos like as a part of my job, like still doing graphic design, still doing uh, social media, running the socials and all that kind of stuff. But and the Blue Jays having two players like Vladdy and Boba Shett, um, they're big priorities for the league to kind of showcase and advertise. So when uh, Vladdy was going up to the plate, I was I was making sure I was taking video and it caught a couple of his home runs too, which got used on the MLB social channels and uh, Vladdy's social channel and yeah. even the Blue Jays social channel. So uh, during that two weeks, I was, I was kind of hyped being like, hey, like my work is getting seen by thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people and I was excited for the season to start and then uh, the day I was slated to leave uh, is when everything got cancelled too so it, it kind of worked out in a way like uh, <laughs> my last my last my last night there was um, March 11th and that was uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive for uh, coronavirus so, touching the right, mic I, oh god <laughs> That that night, uh, that night, uh, Twitter was crazy. I was like worried, like, oh, can I get home? Like, can I get back to Toronto? Like, I was flying the next day, kind of, kind of worried. But all that went through, got home, and then saw everything uh, from the NHL to the MLB get yeah. canceled. Um, uh, from there, he referred me to the head of uh, the social graphics team, and then kind of working with them for the last um, seven or eight weeks. So I've been doing the design job. Uh, more than the job I was hired on to do. So it's kind of funny how that works. And I also think it's funny that it's, it's your career's kind of come full circle from the first Edwin edit all the way back to working with the Jays. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, funny. I even brought that up on my, uh, my second interview with the, with, the, with the Jays team and the MLB team. I was hey, like, hey, like, because they, they, they thought me as me as a basketball person, right? But what's funny is how I got my start into sport media was because of baseball. Right. And it's kind of a crazy full circle, as, as you said, uh, that I've ended up working for the league. And it's still kind of crazy the process that I'm working for a league. And hopefully from here, it kind of goes on to more opportunities with the MLB and maybe a team further down the line. Well, man, I think with the portfolio that you've managed to accumulate, I, I, I can't imagine you'd have any problems moving forward. <laughs> Thank you, man. It's uh, always growing. It's always growing. So you talked about like you got an opportunity to work with some or take photos and you've clearly shot your shot with like guys like Drake and whatnot to be able to shoot pictures of them. Um, is there anybody that's like reached out to you to ask you to take pictures of them, of them or anything? Um, 
I can't, I, no one famous. I, I don't think there's anyone famous or n noteworthy. Um, definitely people looking for photos for their Instagram or Tinder or whatever. Or, 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 <laughs> that's or, commitment. <laughs> that's oh. commitment. Like, I mean, if you're paying for photos for your Tinder, you better be getting matches, right? And you better <laughs> yeah. be investing in the, the Tinder gold. You definitely need yeah, a full yeah, monthly yeah, subscription. Yeah, yeah. You don't limit yourself <laughs> if, you're, if you're putting prime, prime, uh, uh, pictures on your uh, uh, on your profile, but uh, um, just bands that I've I've uh, reached like made connections with over like being in that scene that's still kind of involved here and there. If people reach out, but uh, no one, I don't think anyone uh, like a celebrity has ever kind of reached out to me for photos. Like um, it's always kind of me reaching out to them, or I'm still like one of my goals by the end of the year is to kind of work with a player with a rap on the Raptors and uh, hopefully that, that happens before the end of the year. But that's kind of my goal to kind of be someone's kind of personal guy that they can go to if they're at an event or they, they need kind of photos done of themselves. I, I want to be that guy for them. Yeah. Right. That'd be, that'd be incredible. I mean, if you're ever looking for a, a new photography challenge to really push yourself, I don't think there's a harder challenge than taking a picture of the lads lawn chairs boys, getting our uh, ugly mugs looking good. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw it on my Tinder profile too. Yeah. <laughs> now, now is the uh, Tinder is a hot commodity now. Well, so. they had the uh, they had the promotion where you could travel the globe for free. The uh, yeah, the passport yeah. fee. Yeah, the yeah, passport for free all of April. I'll take advantage of that big time for sure. So, do you uh, do you think the Raptors have a chance of getting Giannis? I like I don't want to get my hopes up that high but um it would make sense for Giannis to to come here there's a like his relationship with Masai and Toronto kind of establishing themselves as like the the African NBA team with right. Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam and Masai kind of being in the mix um and just like if if Giannis wants to kind of solidify his legacy as a as a player going to another country, being the man there, we, we saw what happened with Kawhi, right? Like he had people wearing Burger King crowns, like throughout the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's great. Like no other player has like done that in yeah. Canada. Like that's like people were wearing new balance. Like I bought a pair of new balance. Like he had such a cultural impact that, doesn't get kind of looked at from like a U.S. perspective because they weren't here during the whole thing. But if if Giannis comes to Toronto, everyone's gonna have a pair of those Greek freak shoes, and um, it's gonna be crazy. So I, it's it's kind of a good decision for Giannis, and especially with the the new talent that Toronto has with Siakam and hopefully Fred stays, and even Norm Powell kind of coming into his own at the, before the kind of lockdown happened. I think Toronto is a kind of good bet to to kind of move on from from Milwaukee if he chooses to leave Milwaukee. If he, I can see him doing two things: like either staying in Milwaukee, kind of being that guy there, and like just staying his whole career there, or going over to Toronto. So those yeah, are that's two options. that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good pitch if you ask me. I think we got to send this DM uh, Giannis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so. One of my favorite players in terms of personality wise on the Raptors is uh, Serge Ibaka. I follow like all of his cooking shows really closely and I follow him on social media and stuff. 
Is there anybody that stood out to you from a personality standpoint from your, uh, like being around the team and whatnot? Um, def- definitely Ibaka. He, he, he definitely knows how to market himself and he's yeah. kind of set himself up for uh, post-retirement and opportunities that way. And kind of Danny Green the same way when he yeah. was in Toronto, like um, open, opening, open to all media opportunities. I feel like Danny Green was always at the Eden center or like uh, Sherway gardens kind of promoting something. So those two players kind of being around very nice people. Uh, Marcus all in my experience with him, he, he's very nice to the media, always opening open to talk to um, media and players after, uh, after a loss or after a bad, after a bad game or a good game. Mark was always, he kind of held himself account accountable and like, he's got some, a couple of good snippets of him. Uh, during these press conferences being funny and then we all saw him at the parade too so kind of kind of unleashed uh, big Spain as they call him so definitely those two players Kyle Lowry he he's a he's a very sarcastic person Uh, he likes to have his fun with the media like telling certain reporters that he doesn't like them with like Michael Grange and uh, (laughs) kind of thing but he gets it at the end of the day. He's just playing a character. He's a very nice guy as well. Always open to talk to to the people that need to talk to him and kind of stuff. So, but the the whole Raptors team is like they're all likable characters. Norm Powell, yeah. Rhonda Hollis Jefferson, like they're all kind of fun to be around, and you can kind of see that chemistry both on and off the court. So I think that makes the Raptors one of the more fun teams in the league. And yeah. how can you hate any of those players? Right? There's no one to hate on that team. So. All of them, like all of them, get rave reviews. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, well, we uh, we want to thank you for taking the time to do this. This has been a lot of fun to be able to talk sports yeah, and talk about yeah. your journey through sports media. Uh, I think everybody kind of needs to hear a little bit about sports, and it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody will ever complain about reliving the Raptors championship run and no. going through those <laughs> moments again. Yeah. Uh, I know personally it's something I'll never get bored of. I'll never forget that stuff. Uh, thank you again for coming on and doing this with us. Thank you for sharing that and sharing your journey with us. This has been a lot of fun. It's great. Yeah. I I had fun kind of reliving, uh, the past year and just also the, what I was doing before that just coming up throughout school and blah, blah, blah. So it's great to enjoy this Wednesday uh, night with you guys. Awesome. Thanks Jason. Really appreciate it, man. Take care. Thank you for joining us. You guys too. Once again, we want to thank Haitian very much for joining us. Uh, we had a great time talking to him. Um, definitely learned a lot. And it was just blew my mind how quickly he was able to, to kind of like progress through his career. It was nuts. It's just insane. Yeah, I found it so cool that he never was really interested in photography necessarily. It was more of just a hobby. Like his dad had a camera lying around, yeah. picked it up, did it for fun, and then kind of just... You know, like I like I mentioned prior to the interview and he talked about a little bit was he started because he just wanted to go to concerts. He figured he'd yeah. oh, he go to concerts for free. And he was like, yeah, if I bring my camera and take pictures, I get to be right there and look at these concerts for free. And you know what's nuts? So I was I was talking to my dad, like just hyping up the pod because big things coming, obviously. Yeah, and I'm like, dad, we have like Keishan Mystery on, like whatever. So he was excited. And like one of his coworkers is a fan of ours, Philly. So He's like all excited to hear what's coming next. And my dad's like, oh, we had so-and-so on. And the guy replies, oh, like, that's, that's pretty cool that he's working with uh, it's, there's, it's this person's son. 
And he's like, oh, wait, what? So it turns out my dad actually worked with Keishan's dad. Wow. And I had no, no idea. And I had found that out. I literally found that out like the day, well, the day after the interview was, that had taken place. Right. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Small, small world. Small, oh, huh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Very small world. <laughs> Very small world. It was pretty cool, man. Um, it's like so a, that Disney, that ride at Disney. It's my mom's favorite ride, you know? It's a small it's a world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst ride at Disney, but we we have to go on it every time we go there because my I mom feel like loves it so much. Everyone has to go. And on I'm it. like, you know what? Fair enough. It's a staple. It's a small world after all, I guess. <laughs> Man, I honestly went on that ride when I was younger and I had nightmares for about a week after. <laughs> really? It, it just I mean, it is kind of reason. creepy. Like all the little dolls just yeah. bouncing around like this, and that's <laughs> yeah. going on the whole time. <laughs> like, oh. It is pretty Dude, it, pretty terrifying. Yeah, no, I, I, I kid you not. I had nightmares for like a week after that. <laughs> it's like a bunch of little Chucky dolls just singing at you the whole time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of dreams. Yeah. Speaking of dreams, we're all dreaming and hoping yes. that, that we can one day, the quarantine will be lifted and we can all go outside and have some fun and, and, and be free and, and kind of resume life as we know it, right? So back to the dreams is... My question to you, Philly, is when the bar scene reopens, in a dream, actually, let's go a dream scenario versus re- like what you'll be capable of doing at that time. So like what's realistic yeah. for you. But when the bar scene reopens, where's the first place you'll go or, or would want to go? Hmm. Anywhere. Okay. You go okay. anywhere. Anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. this, is a, this is a huge test of character, I'd say. So there's two there's two scenarios here. And I'm going to I'm going to lay them out. So the first one is if I'm in London or if I w- if I got the opportunity to be in London straight to Belfort. Okay. I'm grabbing, I'm waking Hanser up or getting him <laughs> up, whatever he's, he's doing. Just, you know he's going to be like sleeping. He's probably he's sleeping. Just... He's taking a nap, he's doing whatever. I'm getting his lazy ass off the couch. I'm saying Hanser. Sims, Goody, Scurve. Rally the fucking troops. We're going to Bellies. <laughs> like we're just instantaneous. Walk down the street right to Bellies. Um, Markham, or if we're back here, you know, I I like going downtown, but I'm not necessarily all for it just because of the costs of everything. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I always love a good Dutch night. I know Jake's is a good spot and whatnot, but night at the Dutch. Just so classic, you know, just sitting around. <laughs> Night of the Dutch does hit different. Medium wings, that dill sauce, some fries, <laughs> you're set, man. You just keep the pitchers coming, let's roll. Yeah, so two different scenarios there, but yeah, those are those are my those are my ideal spots right those away. Are good, like, those are I'm good out, options. I'm, that's where I'm going. Yeah. How about those you? Those are good options. So I guess I'll follow the same trend you did. at school and at home. At school. We did say it was a dream dream setting. So unfortunately, one of my favorite spot in Waterloo closed down no. because of COVID-19. Yeah, it was the only karaoke bar in Waterloo. And it had $2 burgers and $2 drinks on Tuesdays. That's kind of sus, no? Like, it's yeah, $2 no. $2 burgers? <laughs> no, well, like God knows what you were putting in your body, but like yeah. they fill you up. They keep you like, keep you fueled on the D floor. Fair enough. And it was kind of a, it had a good- Were they slider burgers? No man, like full on, like honking, <laughs> like massive, massive burgers. Come on, kind of lacking on the toppings, but like still, what do you like? 
you can't really complain. You get a few drinks in you, you're like, he'll eat just about anything. Damn. So like, you can't go wrong with $2 drinks and $2 burgers. So no. they just absolutely robbed us of that opportunity. And they had pool tables, karaoke, like a place to sit down, place to dance, place to shoot pool. And it's gone. So if I could, if I could go anywhere, it would be Chainsaw. Chainsaw and Waterloo. We'll wow. miss you. But if we were back home, I'm all for, I like staying home in terms of going to like local bars, but I think I got to give the local one or semi-local one to radio. I am a huge radio guy. Yeah. Radio is a great time. Um, I've only been there twice. I think, uh, I think both times we're with you. Yeah, I think so too. And both times, just <laughs> great, great experiences. So I don't have any complaints about radio, not at all. So <laughs> both great times. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like, love radio. Like radio is the one where it's the uh, the smaller dance floor, right? Like yeah, yeah. Middle, and then the 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 band is right up you, front. Yeah, and, the live okay, music yeah. gets me, and they yeah, just play classics. Yeah. Like great sing along, like classic rock tunes. Like I know the like they can like, guitarists can play the first few chords and be like, oh my god, they're gonna play this song. And I'll be right, I'll just get drinks and just stand in front row of the stage. I just sorry friends, but I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna see ya if I go to radio. With yeah, you. like I'm I'm gonna be standing front row jamming out to yeah, the band. That's exactly where you were the entire time. You're right <laughs> front, just No right false advertising. It. I'm telling no. you, I'm gonna tell you how it is. Like that's where I'll be. See the one thing too. I guess I didn't really go there or I didn't get to experience enough or go there enough to really know. But like at uh, one bar that's been mentioned before is Jack's in London and they have the dollar beers on Monday, Wednesdays and they have live music on there in the upstairs part. And uh, they play the same things every single time you go. And it's that's all just the most like basic songs ever. You hate to, you just hate <laughs> like, come on. I love that people can sing along, but mix it up maybe. Yeah. Mr. Like, Brightside on loop. Yeah. Yeah. You, you already know, like that's yeah. ranking. I think but, that song, this is an extremely hot take. Mm-hmm. I don't like that song. Like, it's just so overplayed and like people, people hype it up as being just a like, great throwback. Like, I don't know. Like it's not, I can think of others. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just too overplayed. I think it like has received way too much hype. Yeah, and it now it's just where it's it's overstayed overplayed. its welcome. Yeah, fair enough. I don't have like, any why, like, problems. Why with all it, of a sudden though? Neither do I. I just Neither don't do agree I. With, like the hype of it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just it's just another song. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get Not it. Not the I, biggest I, fan of it, but yeah. I'd rather have just Billy Talent too. Just <laughs> bla- bla- <laughs> blasting, blasting at the bar. Oh my god! Greatest I, album of uh, all time, in my opinion. I, especially before I started leaving school, um, started getting like way back into country music again, like big time back into country. I was never out of country music, yeah. but over like the last two years, I would say I hadn't really listened to it as much. Mostly when I come home for the summer, I would listen to it. But before I came back, my roommate uh, Tristan Simeone. He would just, we would just listen to country music sitting upstairs during the quarantine and we would put it on from like the moment we got up, which was fairly late in the day, probably like one, two (laughs) o'clock, maybe like 
the boys would put bets on what time I would be making my way upstairs from my bed at like two thirty, like just strolling upstairs. Yeah. Uh, but I would just upstairs, sit on the couch, and just country music until we went to bed. We'd be playing poker, country music, Monopoly, country music, just the whole time. It's such a good type of music to listen to in the summer i feel like though yeah it's, it's driving like, everywhere i go and i'm driving around in the summer windows down country music buzzing and you can just it's weird how much words. i yeah i i agree like i feel like i exclusively listen to country in the summer like i listen to other shit too but like i don't really listen to country that as much in the winter right like at it all it just hits different in the summer it does it really it does, does. It, windows down like maybe arm at the window doing those little like up and down things with the breeze yeah oh yeah put you, put you in like a toyota commercial and okay so you go. are a windows down person in the car then oh yeah so okay. i'm i'm either like a windows down and like elbow elbow on the on the window and like fingers at the top of the window yeah or i'm like or i'm like a um perch your forearm on the window and have like just your your pinky finger and ring finger Maybe if I'm feeling spicy, I'll get the middle finger hanging off the edge of the window. But okay. it's always going to be a firm plant with the index and the thumb. Oh, okay. Interesting. Usually I just go trying to think about how I do this so I can like describe it here. Okay. So I go elbow, elbow up on the windowsill there. And then I just go, I just go like limp wrist out the window. Really? Yeah. And I, I can't just, do limp wrist. I just I do limp three fingers. <laughs> I'm just yeah. cruising, country music, full pen, limp wrist out the window wind but like buzzing in my oh, in my ears <laughs> just glorious. love it oh it's unbelievable um, dude i feel like what i don't know what i would do if i saw a full limp arm guy like, no, no, <laughs> limp arm. like you see people yeah. going down the road and they've got the hand in the wind and stuff and i've i i've been, i've done that like i, I feel like everybody's done that. it's like it's kind of funny you see that person because it's like Okay, they're doing the they're doing the airplane. The wavy you know? hand, yeah. <laughs> but like, if you've got limp arm going out the car and it's just flailing in the wind, <laughs> it's like those those like inflatable guys that stand in front of us. Don't sales and walking inflatable inflatable arm flailing arm flailing tube man. Yeah, yeah. just Your arm is <laughs> flailing out the window like that. I might have to just pull over and like stop the person and be yeah. like. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I. And why are you doing that? Just shake his, <laughs> shake, shake his your hand. Nice to meet you, sir. Dead fish, man. <laughs> nice to meet you. That was impressive. I don't know why you're doing that or what's yeah. going on, but <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> man. Okay, so the little limp hand kind of like brings me. It just it's got me fired up. Okay, it's got me fired up because it's, it's reminded me of something that I, I've been meaning to talk to you about for a while. Okay. So what better way to talk about all my my qualms? Then in one of the lads' oldest and most sought-after segments. Okay, so I've got one. Uh, it's more. It's more been. It's more something I've noticed since uh, this whole quarantine stuff has been going on, and uh, I'm definitely not the only person that it bothers, but. And don't get me wrong. I respect all these people who out here who are like putting safety and health above all, like all, and they're concerned. They're concerned about this, and they want to put the. They want to be responsible and whatnot. But what the hell are you doing, wearing your goddamn masks, and even worse, wearing your gloves in your own car? 
what why why what are you protecting yourself from yourself like what are you doing i don't i don't get it if you're gonna wear gloves outside and you're gonna touch something i'm gonna touch the door handle i'm gonna touch a computer mouse i'm gonna touch something in the grocery store if you wear the gloves in your car you're just putting it in your car what are you doing why why are you wearing it in your car it makes no sense this makes no sense it's not even logical it's like it's 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 illogical yeah like, put your gloves on put your gloves on when you leave your car and your mask yeah, yeah. go do your then stuff. do your stuff then take them off go throw them out and then get back in your car yeah if you're gonna go simple as that after, maybe you save your mask but throw your gloves out don't wear them in the goddamn car just what are you doing? Why would you do that? Like my sister had an, had an analogy the other day. And it's more for the people who are wearing like the paper masks that have like, they don't really cover all the way around your mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Like they kind of like, they cover your mouth, but they, they're not like full wrap around and like. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So my sister says, and, and I don't know like how accurate this is. Like, oh, health officials come after me. But. She goes, if a fart can get through your butt cheeks, your underwear, and your pants, how the hell is the coronavirus not getting past that piece of paper over your mouth? <laughs> like, and I was like, you know what? Oh, my God. You're right. Like, genius. Cassie, you're right. It makes <laughs> so much sense. There's honestly holes on either side of the mask, too. So it's like the point of those masks protect, like, non-aerosol things from entering from the front the the n95 super fancy ones those are the ones that like protect protect or like the ones that wrap all the way around and like yeah. nice and tight to your face but if you're wearing those paper ones <laughs> don't do it just what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> it makes no so, goddamn sense my, my last one still kind of on the theme of coronavirus here yeah um as we all still kind of battle through this lockdown is just because the it's nice outside, and and actually, you know what? I'm not even gonna say that because it's part of my what, what makes me so angry about it. What like what I like what I've noticed is now that the weather's been nicer, it started to like trigger a whole lot of more like social interaction, and people are hanging yeah. out. Yeah. And what makes me angry are the people who, who like post all over social media, being like, mm. "Oh, it's selfish to go out. Like you're only like endangering old people and your family." Are the same people who get together like oh like quarantine hangout and yeah. it's we're six feet apart. It's like you're yeah. not. You're literally sitting like in lawn chairs or in your backyard. And there's thirty of you. Your... Yeah, yeah. You're not doing anyone any favors. Like no. stop being such a hypocrite. Get back inside. Like yeah. And it's it's, it's all the people who are saying don't go out and do this. Yeah. That are the same people going and out and doing it. And guys it, and it, worse girls than that, are both culprits. Yeah. Like, and it's, everybody's honestly, a culprit. To add on, worse than that. They're the people who publicize that they're doing it. Like it's bad. It's bad enough if you go and do it behind the closed door and you're like hanging out with people and whatever. And you're just like, you're just, Oh, social distance, hang out, blah, blah, blah. But you're not showing anybody. It's like, okay, whatever. You shouldn't be doing that shit. But like if the people who are posting, don't go do this. Are the people who are posting, I'm doing this. You know who you are. Yes, you know exactly who you are. You're all over my social media. I'm sick and tired of it. 
like or just stop being such an advocate stop being such a pretender yeah so like some pretend advocate of COVID-19 when you're literally being like one of the contributing factors of it spreading yeah be better be better be better maybe that's what will make Trigger, just be better. <laughs> yeah, I think we should honestly it's maybe time for an update. Yeah. We'll get a hashtag going if anyone sees something they don't like, like be maybe better. like post story it, whatever. Just hashtag be better. We gotta get this tag us. Yeah, tag us. Be better. Uh, so that's a first. That's a good first trigger. Be better segment. I guess. Uh, I guess maybe what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll put it out to the people. So after this episode is released on Monday morning, YouTube, SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, the whole nine yards. We'll uh, we'll put it out on our social media. We'll run a poll. You guys can vote on what you think the segment should be called. Uh, be better or triggered. Whatever you think uh, fits us better. And uh, that being said, we, we, uh, we started our first ever lot of the week last week. And we asked for your nominations. We asked for people to write in. And we had numerous nominations for people. But uh, we can't give it to everybody, and uh, not every not everyone's necessarily going to be on the best note. So that being said, we uh, we've decided on our second ever lot of the week, and uh, McGee, I'd like to throw it over to you to uh, to talk about it a little bit more. So <clears throat> I received a a message um, from my old teammate Brendan Kelly, um, basically explaining to me that one of our old teammates had had passed away this week. So our second lot of the week, no question, has to go to Quinn Robel, my former teammate in Elliott Lake. Um, it's devastating news, and our thoughts and prayers are, are with his family during this difficult time. It's a really, really tough pill to swallow, Yeah, and uh, I'll miss you, man. It's un- very unfortunate news, and it's uh, sad that it happened, but it's definitely... No, no questions asked, hands down, the, uh, the lot of the week for our second ever. Uh, that being said, McGee, uh, I think that about wraps up our, our third episode back since the return. Episode <laughs> yeah, 34, man. the AM34 episode. Featuring slash the 34 countries. Slash that 34 we're now countries. In. We uh, prestige worldwide, lads and launchers worldwide. You know, launchers are universal. They're not... They're not restricted to North America. You yeah, can we're not a one, we're not a one trick pony. No, we are not. We are definitely not a one trick pony. Uh, we told you guys big things were coming. We followed it up. Like the guy who takes the photo of the Kawhi Game 7 shot. A man who took a photo of, another, of a professional athlete, another man, that ended up getting tattooed on a person. It's on somebody forever. Fred yeah. Van Vliet's face, Keishan, his photo is on somebody's face for the rest of his life. That's you know, wild. this guy, this guy has experienced taking photos for almost every professional sporting league in North America. Uh, he talked about working at the MLS games for TFC, Blue Jays games, the MLB, Leafs games in the NHL, Raptors games in the NBA, getting to go through their championship run. This man took us on an incredible journey, yeah. his journey. He got to share with us. We learned a lot from him. And I, I'd say I'm going to just interject and say definitely check out his, his Instagram page because yeah. we, can't, we can't encapsulate his, his whole career and, and just that what short time we got to speak with him. Yeah. So we tagged it on our profile. 
his 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 work has been reposted by Gucci Mane, Drake. Drake. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's incredible. Absurd, Jeremy yeah. Lin, Fred Van Vliet. You know, like this guy, Austin Matthews. That picture that we pick put out, it was his Twitter pick for a while. Yeah, you know, it's incredible work. We know he's just going to continue to do more amazing things. We're and we were so excited. So will we? Have so will we? And. We're, we're going to continue to do amazing things. More big things are coming. We can promise you that. We have more interviews lined up, more interviews recorded, more interviews coming to your ears. Some would say it's more than we can chew. Like some would say, some would say we that. have Not too us. much amazing content, but <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. We just got to take it and deal with it, man. It's part of our life is having too much amazing content. So it's just a problem we live with. Yeah, we're just we're doing so good that we're it's it's a problem. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is. But and I wish I, I wish I could say we were joking. Like we had a long discussion about scheduling <laughs> before this podcast started. Like yeah. yeah, but man, like if I were you guys, oh, I'm excited myself. Yeah. And I'm just so antsy to get it all out there. I probably yeah. told Phil that three hundred times. <laughs> yeah, like I I just I, it's all in my mind, and I'm like progressing way too fast in my own head. I'm like have all these ideas and like like guests that have gotten back to us saying they're in that have shocked us. And we are so excited to be able to bring this, but like, I keep on forgetting. Like I like, keep that burden on myself <laughs> Yeah, and just, just, just hang on to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, but I well, think that just about does it for episode 34. Yeah. It was a great episode. It was a great one. I had a great time chatting with you, Phil, as always, as always, you know, the drill catch us next week. More big things coming. Same time, same place, same lawn chairs. Thanks for listening, lads and lads.